Praise God. Praise God. I'd like to welcome everyone tonight. If you're a guest, we especially welcome you to service tonight. Thank you for being here. If you're joining us online tonight, wherever you may be watching from, we pray that you are blessed by this service tonight. In Jesus' name, praise God. I would uh, like to mention for informational purposes and also requesting your prayers. My family uh, and I leave Wednesday to uh, go to England for Brother Mott's wedding. And uh, then we'll be doing a little bit of traveling around while we're over there in Europe. So uh, we would appreciate your prayers of protection during that time. Um, and uh, praise God. I will tell you, next Sunday night, um, I am excited about this. Next Sunday night, Brother Sean Libby from uh, Christian Life Center is going to be preaching here next Sunday night. So you won't want to miss that. Encourage you to be here. And uh, I know you'd all rather hear me preach than anybody else in the world, but we'll... <laughs> um, amen. But uh, I, I know Brother Sean's preached... A time or two in addition not or not counting the uh, appreciation day we did in Arnold for law enforcement uh, but I'm excited about that as many of you know his dad was saved in this church in 1970 I think the end of no end of 71 and uh, they pastor a great church in Imesville now was Gaithersburg so I know you'll be blessed by that and then actually Remind you, the following Sunday is uh, Antioch United, that Sunday night. So um, I know you'll be blessed by that service as well. Um, 6 p.m. for Antioch United. Praise God. I don't know why I never get to preach fluffy stuff on holiday weekends. Everybody's in a feel-good mood and be nice to just give a little whipped cream and go home but apparently if I hear from God the way I think then it usually doesn't go that way and tonight is one of those nights so I shouldn't tell you that because you'll get all your defenses and your guards up in advance but Matthew chapter 12 and verse 25 Matthew 12 and 25. And Jesus knew their thoughts and said unto them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. And every city or house divided against itself shall not stand. And if Satan cast out Satan, he is divided against himself. How shall then his kingdom stand? No, I'm not about to preach on unity, so you can check that one off your list. And if I by Beelzebub cast out devils, by whom do your children cast them out? Therefore they shall be your judges. But if I cast out devils by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God is come unto you. Or else how can one enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods, except he first bind the strong man, and then he will spoil his house. And no, I'm not about to preach on spiritual warfare. Two down. Verse number 30. And this is the verse I draw your attention to. He that is not with me is against me. And he that gathereth not with me scattereth abroad. He that is not with me is against me. And he that gathereth not with me scattereth abroad. 
preach to you tonight for a little bit on this subject. No DMZ. No DMZ. If you don't know what that means, I'll let you know in a moment. God, I thank you for the privilege of being in your presence tonight. I thank you for the opportunity to be here. I pray your hand of protection and blessings upon all those that are traveling this weekend. That you would guard them and keep them. God, for everyone that's gathered here tonight, I trust and pray that your spirit would speak to us tonight. God, I trust that you will allow your word to minister in this place. I pray again tonight, God, that I would not simply preach a sermon as a part of this service, but that you would allow me to be a messenger to deliver a word that would come from you. I trust you for your anointing tonight, Father. I depend on you. In the name of Jesus Christ, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. The DMZ, which stands for a demilitarized zone, is an area in which treaties or agreements between nations, military powers, or contending groups forbid military installations, activities, or personnel. A DMZ often lies along an established frontier or boundary between two or more military powers or alliances. A DMZ may sometimes form a de facto international border, such as the 38th parallel between North and South Korea. And the DMZ in Korea is probably the most well-known in our world today. Other examples of a demilitarized zones are a 120-mile area between Iraq and Kuwait, Antarctica preserved for scientific exploration and study in outer space, more also Antarctica preserved for scientific exploration and study in outer space, space more than 100 miles from the Earth's surface. Many demilitarized zones are considered neutral territory, because neither side is allowed to control it, even for non-combat administration. Some zones remain demilitarized after an agreement has awarded control to a state which, under the DMZ terms, had originally ceded its right to maintain military forces in the disputed territory. It is also possible for powers to agree on the demilitarization of a zone without formally settling their, their respective territorial claims, enabling the dispute to be resolved by peaceful means such as diplomatic dialogue or an international court. Again, as I've read, many demilitarized zones are considered neutral territory because neither side is allowed to control it, even for non-combat administration. It is neutral territory between two countries. It is a designated area in which there is no control. You're, you're not under the control of either country. It's a neutral zone. I've come to preach to you tonight that with regards to the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness, there is no DMZ. There is no established area between the two kingdoms that is a neutral territory. There is no space between the two where no one is in control. There is no area in which you can live in between the two. Jesus said you are either for me or you're against me. 
You are either gathering or scattering. There is no in-between. There is no space there. We have a tendency to try to create in our walk with God sort of this neutral territory. I'm definitely not going to live for the devil. I mean, by all means. I'm not a Satan worshiper. I'm not going to live for the devil. And and, and I'm really, I'm basically living for God, but I kind of have this area. That's sort of this neutral territory. Oh, Lord. That neutral territory is the territory in which I see how much of the world I can dabble with but not be in the world. How much of the other side can I experience but not really be on the other side? Listen to something Paul said. Listen to what, what Paul said in, in 2 Corinthians eleven twenty three. He says this, Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. In labors more, in labors more abundant, in stripes above measure, in prisons more frequent, in deaths off. Man, what a life. It was a bit sarcastic. You could snicker at least or snort something. Of the Jews, five times received I forty stripes, save one. Thrice was I beaten with rods, once was I stoned, thrice I suffered shipwreck, a night and a day have I been in the deep. In journeyings often, in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils by mine own countrymen, in peril by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren. In weariness and painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness. That's a list of some stuff. <laughs> that's some stuff to go through. That's some, that's some pretty difficult situations to deal with. And, and then listen to what he says after all of those things. I've been beaten, I've been thrown in jail, I've been stoned, I've, I, I've been in all these perils, perils by heathen, perils in the city, all these, all these difficulties. But listen to what he said in verse 20. Beside all of that, beside all of that, beside those things that are without, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. Paul puts his care and concern for the churches on equal footing to all of that other stuff. In fact, I think he's almost saying, in, 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 I got all of that, but really beyond all of that. He, he's, the Amplified says it this way, and besides those things that are without, there is the daily inescapable pressure of my care and anxiety for all the churches. The daily inescapable pressure of my care and my anxiety for all the churches. The burden and the weight of the care of the churches and the people of God. The people who are trying to find out how close to the world can I live. How, how close to the, why, why I am so weary of everybody arguing about how close to the world you can live or why is it everybody's trying to stand for how much you can get away with? Why is it everybody wants to argue about what's okay to watch and it really is not that big of a deal to sit down and watch and listen to profanity and watch illicit sexual activity and and we want to argue for how much we can. Where are those that want to say, you know what, rather than trying to figure out how close to the edge I can get, let me find out how safe from the edge I can live. But our problem is we have created these zones of neutrality. I'm not going into the other kingdom. I've just got this space. Jesus said, there's no space. There is a line. And you are either for me 
or against me. So maybe, maybe somebody wants to know this question. Well, brother, right? How wide is the line? Okay, I'll, I'll accept that there's just a line, but how wide's the line? I'll tell you what, it doesn't matter. And the reason it doesn't matter is because in the sports world, the line, no matter how skinny or wide, is considered out of bounds. Every part of the line is out of bounds. The edge, whatever the edge is that's on the playing field or the court, everything else is out of bounds. So it doesn't matter if it's a 20 foot wide line or if it's a one inch line, the line is out of bounds. You can't see it, most of you can't see it, but, but there, there's this, you, most of you know it's up here, but you probably can't see it where you're sitting. There's about a four or six inch stripe right here, and this is, most of us are living like this. We're, we're, we're trying to see, maybe I can do a better job for some of you up here. We're, we're just trying, alright, let me, let me just see. Let's see how close I can live. I, I, I'm, I'm, I don't call me a sissy, call me a wimp, call me whatever you want to call me. I really don't care. Me and Heights don't get along. I don't understand people that do all this crazy jumping off cliffs, jumping off buildings. I don't get it. I don't understand it. Somewhere along the way, you messed up the brain cells God gave you. Something is not right. If I, you know, when I've been to places that, that there's an edge, we, 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 back in March, I guess it was, when I went up to Connecticut to speak at a minister's conference, I took my sons with me and we stopped by the Freedom Tower, the new Freedom Tower in New York City. And, 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 I mean, you're on the hundred and something floor or whatever it is. And there's like this little, little, uh, step up. I, I think it's like heating and air conditioning part of the duct work. It's about, six inches high and about six inches deep or so that goes around the edge of the of the whole thing in the window i mean if that's if that's the windows I'm, i can see really good I, I thought my kids were smart i thought but nathaniel's not just at the glass he's got to be up on like why See, I, I, I know I've preached this before, but it's been a while, so my philosophy is, if that's the cliff, I want to live with room to fall. If that's the edge to the thousand foot drop, I want to make sure, if for some reason I forget how to walk, and I fall, I can fall and still have space. You see, you can live here if you want. You can live here and not be over the edge. The problem is you have no room for error. And the Bible says even a righteous man falls... So why live on the edge of danger rather than deciding I'd like to create a little bit of space between me and the line so when I fall, not if, but when I fall. You are for me or you're against me. How many Orioles fans do we have here tonight? Any Orioles fans? Anybody here that can't stand the Orioles? Is anybody here? Some of you? How many of you could care less? That's your prerogative. And then, 
uh, on the level of a fan, there, there's really a whole spectrum. I said it this morning in Arnold. I'm, I'm an Orioles fan. I've got an Orioles t-shirt that is somewhere at the bottom of my t-shirt stack. I have not worn it all summer. And as of right now, I have no plans to wear it. Because they're losing. They don't have much chance to make the playoffs. The Orioles are my favorite team. They are. That's settled. My second favorite team is anybody playing the Yankees. And sometimes my favorite team is anybody playing the Yankees first and the Orioles second. My, 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 uh, my, my level of, 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 of a fan varies. If somehow they turn things around in the remainder of the season, my shirt will come out of the closet. If they don't, it won't. You've got that right. You've got the right to care less. You've got that right. You've got the right to care about it or not care about it. And if you don't care about it, don't judge us that do. Y'all ought to grow up. We don't want to. But Jesus said, there are one of two options. You are for me. Or you are against me. Listen to what the word scattereth means. He said, he said if, if you are... He that gathereth not with me scattereth abroad. The Greek word there, and I hesitate to even try to pronounce it, but the Greek word there is scorpizo. It comes from another word, and it means to dissipate. Figuratively, it means to put to flight, to waste. It also means to be liberal. Hmm. The root word, the root word is Scorpios. By now I'm sure you know what that sounds familiar to. Because the meaning of that word is a scorpion. But it also means to pierce. It means to sting. Our, the, the problem... Hopefully, if nothing else, this is one of those messages that you will receive from my pastor's heart. <laughs> the problem is, when you walk out of this building tonight, you will pretty much be on guard of what is against God. It's not hard outside of here to recognize what is against God. It doesn't take a whole lot of discernment to recognize the things in the world that are contrary to God. That's not my concern tonight. My concern is here, in this building. Because within these walls are those that are not gathering. They are scattering. Be careful for the sting of the person that's supposedly living for God, but is trying to encourage you to loosen the boundaries. In, 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 in baseball, I, 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 this happens, I think, just about all the time, Brother Williams, in a, in, a, in a baseball game, in a professional baseball game, when you get in the batter's box, and there are certain rules that, that control being in the batter's box and having to hit within the batter's box, and one of the first things that happens with the first couple of batters when they get in the batter's box is you'll see them start to do this to the line. Because when you first get in the batter's box, there is a very clearly defined line. So if we can blur that line, we can create more space for ourselves. Because we are Americans and we have the right to live free. And so they try to blur the lines. 
Maybe I shouldn't say it this way, but it's the fool that desires the lines to be blurred. It's the fool that desires the lines to be blurred. It's the wise man that wants to know, clearly define, where is the line? Because as the wise man, you understand the line is for my protection. house we lived in when our kids were all much younger, the backyard, there was a fence. The entire backyard was fenced in. I was not holding my children prisoner. I was not holding them captive in the backyard because the purpose of the fence was not to keep them in. The purpose of the fence was not to restrict them from the rest of the world. The purpose of the fence was to keep some other stuff out. Part of it was to keep out the neighbor's dog that lived next door that one day chased chased Esther and she literally got through the door and slammed the door as he was on her heels. If they were in the backyard and the fence was closed, I had peace of mind. Because I knew they were protected. Is it any wonder the enemy constantly battles our minds and battles our spirits to want us to tear down the fences and blur the lines? Because he knows if he can get us to break down the fences that God has established for our protection, then all of those dangerous things that have been kept out will now get in. You are for or against. Listen to what Joshua said as he stood before the children of God in his last days. This this verse, for as long as I've known this verse, what it says puzzles me. It still puzzles me. If it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, And you 24, Joshua 24, 15, if you could put that up. If it seem evil to serve the Lord. If it seems like a bad thing to serve God. If it seems like a bad thing to live for God. I, I don't even understand the possibility of that. I don't even understand how anybody can consider that. But Joshua said, and apparently it must have been the case, if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose you this day who you will serve. Whether the gods which were your fathers, your fathers served on the other side of the flood or the God of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me, my house, we will serve the Lord. Moses stood before the children of Israel and he gives two sets of instructions. If you will do this, if you will follow these commandments, these are all of the good things, these are all of the blessings. But then he goes through and also lists all of the bad things. Now, i got to tell you, if you hear all of these good things and all of these good things that will happen if you do this, we don't need to hear the bad things. I mean, (laughs) yet not only did he present both lists, he then made this statement, choose. Choose life or choose death. Two choices. Life or death? There is no A, B, or C. It's a two-option choice. Life, death. Paul said it like this. You are either the servant of sin unto death, or 
or the servant of righteousness unto life. I got news for all of us tonight. You are not an option in those choices. Because most of us, this is the way our list is. God, self, or the devil. I got to decide, am I going to serve God, which is definitely the option and the preferred option, but I still got to decide if that's really what I want to do. Self. And then again, here, most of us, I mean, if I were to ask you tonight, are there any devil worshipers here tonight? I probably would pass out, literally pass out if somebody legitimately raised their hand. I'd be shocked if somebody would stand up and say, I'm a devil worshiper. And so most of us, it's a two option thing because that third option, we'd never do that. I know better than to serve the devil, and I'd never do that. So now I just got to decide, is it God or me? Problem is, Paul said you got God, and you got the devil. So, if you're trying to add yourself in as the third option, you can only be on one of two sides, because Paul said there's two sides. And in case you're wondering, there's no room for you on God's side. So if you're choosing to serve self, you might need to raise your hand. Of course, if you were the devil... Brother Shelton, I love, Brother Shelton says this, if I was the devil, I'd do such and such. If you were the devil, and I'm not saying any of you are the devil. If you were the devil, it'd be pretty, pretty nice to have those that are deceived, serving you, and don't even know they're serving you. Let me tell you something, if there, if, if, you know, we call, obviously not a theological term, but we call Hebrews chapter 11, faith's hall of fame. We call it that based on modern halls of fame. So theologically, that's not really what it is, but that's what we call it. So let's just, let's, let's agree we can call it that. Then hell probably has a hall of fame too. But let me tell you who's going to be in hell's hall of fame. It's not going to be the drug dealer. It's not going to be the guy on death row who killed multiple people. It's not going to be the sexual predator that is the poster child for hell's hall of fame. What hell will celebrate is those that sat on church seats. Those that sat in the presence of God, thinking they were okay, not realizing they had deceived themselves. Because hell understands there's two choices. And there's a fine line between the two. Brother Wright, I don't really know if I like what you're preaching tonight. I hate to say the good news for you, but I guess that's the way to say it. The good news is you don't have to like it and you can go get another option because there's plenty of them. In fact, there's plenty of places you can go called church that are going to tell you there are no lines. There are no boundaries. There are no borders. There is this neutral zone you can live in that you're not really a sinner. I mean, you're not sold out to God, but you're not a sinner either. But Jesus said, you're with me or you're against me. 
choose you this day. Matthew 6.24, Jesus says this, No man can serve two masters, for he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. You, you, there's an old song, I think late teens or maybe even the early 20s, there was a, for a little while there was a, what was called the All-State Louisiana Youth Choir. There was a song, I think it was on there if I'm not mistaken, and part of the song said, trying to live in two worlds at one time, holding on to everything that I call mine. It's not just hard, it's impossible to do. And you go to a, you, you go to a buffet, you get to pick the best of what's there that you like. And the wonderful thing about being an adult is nobody can put something on your plate that you don't like. You know what? I, I, I just, I just, I got to vent for a moment. I get all this abuse in my house because I try to go to Mission Barbecue every Sunday. We have breakfast today at home, and guess what? Everybody's fussing because we didn't go to Mission Barbecue. That's hypocrisy. I don't know why I said that. I just had to get that off my chest. I don't know what that had to do with anything right now. It had to do with something, but now I don't remember. That's what I get. <laughs> I, I'll take what I want, and I'll leave what I don't. Oh, that's why I know where I was going. I, I, one of them was fussing. One of them, I, this is my house. I'm the head of the house. Breakfast was offered. That's what I wanted. When it's your house, you pick. <laughs> we like options. And we think we can pick the best of what God has to offer. But then we can go pick the best of what the world has to offer. Can I ask you, oh, let, me, let, me, let me read this and then I'll ask you that question if I can remember the question I was going to ask you when I get there. 2 Corinthians 6, verse 15. What concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? What agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple... Of the living God. As God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, set apart, saith the Lord. And touch not... Touch not. Touch not. Don't even touch it. You see, most of us, we try to figure out how much we can handle it. How much of this can I handle and control without it getting the best of me? Paul said, touch not the unclean thing and I will receive you. Listen to the way the message Bible says it. Does Christ go strolling with the devil? Do trust and mistrust hold hands? Who would think of setting up pagan idols in God's holy temple? But that is exactly what we are. Each of us a temple in whom God lives. God himself put it this way. I'll live in them, move into them. I'll be their God and they'll be my people. 
So leave the corruption and compromise. Leave it for good, says God. Don't link up with those who will pollute you. I want you all for myself. Let me ask you a question. I know there's a couple of you, maybe you had one or have one, and you again belong in the category of people that aren't afraid of heights. you got brain cells that are messed up. How many of you are with me that you are going to ask the question somewhere a couple of million years into eternity, because it's not that important, but after we've been around a little while, God, why, out of all the things you created, did you have to create snakes? I know, probably somebody's had one for a pet, and you you got something wrong. There is... How many of you, is, as long as it's just one snake, I mean, if it's just one snake in the house, okay, no problem, just one snake. Let me tell you something. If there was a snake in my house, and I knew it was in my house, there would be no going to bed until... I knew it was out of my house. In fact, I may vacate my house for good and find a new house. Because if it got in there somehow, I'm gonna, it's gonna take me a while to get over the fact maybe another one got in. Oh, just, there's not a person here. There may be one or two of you. We'll pray for you at the end. We'll anoint you with oil and pray that God restores your brain cells before we leave tonight. For the rest of us normal people, there's not a person in this place tonight that would say, well, just one snake in my house, no big deal. Oh, I can live with that. It's not all right. And if I found one, I promise you I'd be calling somebody else (laughs) to come get it. (laughs) If that's what I got to do to prove my manhood, forget it. I don't, the greater miracle of the story of Moses in the wilderness to me is the fact that when it turned to a snake, he was still standing there. There would have been no David reach down and pick it up. (laughs) Not today, God. (laughs) You turned it into a snake, you can turn it back into a stick without my help. (laughs) I'm out of (laughs) here. You would not rest until you knew it was out of your house. Why is it as temples of God, we want God to ignore a few snakes that we've let in? God, it's your house. I'm your temple. But there's a few things you're just going to have to put up with. Because I have decided they're not that big of a deal. I've decided they're okay in the house with you. He says, come out. Be separate. Set apart. The word separate means set apart by boundaries. Is there anybody that ever drives across the Severn River Bridge or you folks that live on the Eastern Shore do it all the time? Is there anybody that drives across that bridge and on on your way across that bridge you curse all of those guardrails and barriers on the side? I'm, I'm, I'm the last couple of times coming back this way, coming west. I felt a little bit of something creeping up. Like, you know what? Thank God for this middle lane. (laughs) 
I'm just going to stay right here. I may end up having to create me a middle lane on the eastbound side next time I go. Thank God for the guardrail. Because it's for my protection. It is for my safety. But I preach to people tonight that resent the guardrails that God has given for your protection. He is not trying to make you a prisoner. He is not trying to hem you in. The purpose of the line is not so he can just show off that he has the right to create the line. The reason for the line and the reason for him saying you're either for me or against me is because everything he does is for my good. Oh, for my good. Please, I... Let me, let me, if I can find something. I think somebody made this statement somewhere preaching recently, and I just kind of, here it is. Sin takes from you. It never gives to you. Sin takes, it never gives. Sin takes, it never gives. God never takes. You've got to give it. But when God receives what you give, He always gives back. He does not just take what you give. But sin always takes. You ever, you ever don't raise any hands and don't be poking people around you if they're close by you, but you ever had somebody come over for dinner or maybe stay in your house that when they got, when they left, you thought, has a last time. You will never be back here again. Then there's others. There's other people that you're like, you know what? Hey, I'm going to be out of town. Here's the key. Because you trust that they are going to leave it just like they found it. Not going to destroy anything. Not going to mess anything up. And then there's actually those that are going to leave it better than they found it. They won't just take care of it the way it was, but they will make improvements while they have it. God never leaves anything the way he finds it. And he doesn't just leave it the way he found it. But he leaves it better than the way he found it. On this wonderful, lovely weekend of independence. (laughs) I wonder if in the next few moments here, closing moments of this service. I wonder if I could challenge every person the youngest person in this room that has any ability to understand what I'm preaching to the oldest person, whether you're a guest or you're a faithful member. I wonder if you would take just the next few moments here and consider between you and Jesus. Oh, I know some of you, the the initial reaction is, Brother Wright, that's ridiculous. I don't even need to think about that. But would you pause long enough to truly consider, God, am I for you? Or am I actually working against you? Am I gathering? Or am I scattering? When I spread my bitterness, when I spread gossip, when I backbite, I'm scattering. When I encourage others to blur the lines in their lives. 
challenge every one of you young people tonight. I realize loneliness is a very difficult thing to deal with. Nobody likes to be alone. But the struggle of loneliness is way more valuable than the crowd of friends that are influencing you to go the wrong way. I challenge some of you to get enough courage that if need be, you'd look at somebody and say, you know what? We've been friends for a while, but until something changes, no more. Brother Wright, I don't want to be judgmental. I don't want to be judgmental either. But I do want to protect my salvation. It's enough trouble out there trying to battle all of the weapons that are coming against you. Much less to have people that are supposed to be for you. I don't think there's a person in this place tonight that would really want to accept or consider the fact that I'm I'm against God. I'm scattering abroad. But if I'm trying to find some neutral place to live, I'm not, I'm not fully sold out to God, but I'm not all in the world either. There is a line. There is a line. There's not a territory, there's not a zone, there's not a space. There's not a neutral place that I can get where I am between the two worlds. You're for me or you're against me. Heads bowed and eyes closed. Perhaps most of you can do it where you're sitting, but I believe there may be somebody tonight if you'd be honest, based on where you are right now in your walk with God, you need to do more than just sit there and say a little prayer. But there's some tonight that you need to make your way to this altar. And say, God, I'm recommitting myself to be for you. I'm not going to try to keep living in this neutral territory that I have somehow created that really doesn't even exist. I'm not going to try to find this neutral zone where I think I'm not under the control of the devil, but neither am I fully sold out to you. But, but that's okay because I'm just in the middle. But God, you said it's one or the other. Again, perhaps most of you will do it right where you're sitting, but I still believe there's, there's a couple of folks. Perhaps you need to go a little bit beyond sitting. You need to make a step down to this altar as a part of demonstrating to God and yourself and even the enemy. God, I'm going to be for you. I don't want to be against you, God. I want to be gathering. I don't want to be scattering. I don't want to be spreading poison because I'm trying to live in some neutral territory. And ultimately what I'm doing is scattering. I want to be a gatherer, God. I want to be a gatherer. I want to be for you. I don't want to be against you, God. I don't want to fall on the side of the line that I am against you. If I can only serve one master and there's only two options, God, 
I want to serve you with everything I've got. I want to live for you with everything I've got. I want to do as Paul said. And I want to present my body as a living sacrifice. Holy. Acceptable unto you. And it's my reasonable service. Anybody feel that way tonight? God, giving you all of me. Giving you all of me, God, is reasonable. It's not an unfair demand from you, God. It's not an unrealistic expectation. But God, in light of all that you've given me, it's reasonable for me to give all I have to you. Giving myself as a living sacrifice is reasonable. It's reasonable, God, in light of what you've given for me. It's not too much to ask. It's not an unrealistic demand from you, God. It's my reasonable service. It's my reasonable service to not live so close to the line or try to find as close to the line as I can live. It's It's my reasonable service, God. It's my reasonable service to be separate from the unclean thing. It's not unreasonable. It's not unfair. It's my reasonable service. It's my reasonable service. God, even though they don't really exist, I pray that you would help us tonight to Remove those neutral territories we think we've created in our lives. That neutral zone, God, that we think we've created where we can we can find a way to live in between. Because in between doesn't really exist. Help us tonight, God. Help us. Clarify the line, God, in our lives. Clarify the line, God. It's for our protection. It's for our safety. It's for our good. So make it clear. Make it clear, God. Make it clear so we can live in a place of spiritual safety, of spiritual health, spiritual prosperity. God, I pray that you would give us an appreciation for the fences you have established for our protection rather than looking at them with resentment because we feel like we are hemmed in. In the name of Jesus, I pray tonight, God, all across this sanctuary, there would be a rededication and a recommitment that would come into every heart. God, that every life in this place tonight would find a place of fresh dedication and commitment to you. Of serving you, God. Of recognizing that you are one of two masters that I can serve. And I want to serve you with all of my heart, all of my soul, all of my mind, all of my strength. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I come against the deception, God, that may war against some minds in this place. I come against the blindness that may be warring against some people in this sanctuary tonight. People, God, that are not seeing clearly because the enemy has brought deception. Open their eyes tonight to see clearly, God. 
open their eyes tonight to see clearly. anything God I'm doing in any way I'm living that's causing me to be against you open my eyes God open my eyes God let me see clearly Lord oh let me be deceived into thinking I'm for you if in fact I'm really acting against you don't let me be deceived to think that I'm gathering if in fact I really am scattering Give me eyes to see clearly, God. If my perceptions are not accurate, if my vision is distorted, God, make it clear. Make it clear, God. Make it clear. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I must. If you're not specifically praying, would you stand? And if you would, would you sing this song as your prayer tonight? Would you make this your prayer? Not just a song. Not just the words of a song, but a prayer. Whatever. Whatever you have to do, Jesus. Whatever you may need to do. Don't let me be on the wrong side of the line and not even know it. Whatever you've got to do, God, I want you to do it. Whatever it takes, I'm asking you to do it, God. my convenience I don't have to have my way but I do have to be saved I do have to be saved God God whatever hear the cry of my heart tonight whatever you've got to do to me whatever you've got to do to me Jesus don't let me be lost for Far above my wishes, God, I've got to be saved. I've got to be saved. I've got to be saved. I must be saved. Whatever you have to do. Ah! Uh-huh. 
for eternity, for above I must be continue to do so please be respectful of that if you need to go or you want to go you're welcome to do so again please be mindful of those that may still be praying not to be a distraction or a disruption to them while they continue to pray be Be saved. 